everybody welcome back to another episode of the friday night mics podcast uh we're your host sarah and of course michael hi everybody uh so this episode is called seeing other people um and it's a vast improvement over the last episode what do you think uh i don't agree <laughs> really <laughs> oh this uh, is gonna be great i i had i had some problems with with this episode it has um, its issues but compared to last episode it's taken a leap forward in my opinion well okay if if it's not as bad as last week's episode it's marginally <laughs> better in my opinion um i i really i have some problems i feel like there's this stretch here in the middle of of season two where they're kind of spinning their wheels a little bit uh, the storylines really aren't moving forward all that much uh we're just getting a, some characters are doing some things but it, it it doesn't seem to have any uh narrative momentum to like actually push forward the storylines for these characters i don't like the stuff with riggins I'm, mm, mm, you know with, with yeah it's guy, no I, point to it <laughs> right i mean if it if you cut that out of the episode would that have any impact really nothing would have changed at least not at least not at the moment in terms of like his interaction with this guy right uh we don't know anything else moving forward but right now like that just doesn't seem to serve any any real purpose but anyway before we get into any of that i guess um you know we can we can start i mean do you want to start with riggins or do you want to start with sure let's start with riggins and mr ferret (laughs) right so he's still living with the stranger um and he seems to be like enjoying himself kind of um going hunting with this guy hanging out and just kind of doing nothing with his life uh he really doesn't realize immediately you know the impact it has on just being this guy (laughs) yeah well i interpreted his interaction with this guy as kind of doing it because he felt like he needed to. This guy's letting him live in his place, so he's just kind of going along with whatever this guy's doing. But I got the sense right from the get-go, like, eh, Riggins doesn't really like this guy all that much. He's just... Tagging hum- along, mostly. He, well, he's humoring him, Yeah, I think, more than anything else. I agree. And I think just eventually he just... There's some moments where he seems to enjoy himself, like... He's good at drinking and trees and hunting. <laughs> That's right up his alley. <laughs> right. Which, yeah. there's like this hilarious little moment where they're drinking in that tree and Ferret Guy like throws down the not even empty bottle of scotch and like smashes onto the ground below. But then he picks up his binoculars to go look through them, but he undoes the eyepiece and it's another freaking flask inside the binoculars. <laughs> it, it, 
it's ridiculous. And I was like, I, what? <laughs> I, I guess my biggest problem with with this storyline to a degree, and granted, we're early on with this guy, um, his character. He stays around. He he is so, he is presented as such the stereotypical hick. I mean, like there's no there's no effort at this point. And I, like I said, I know it, we're early on, right? So we really don't know much about this guy beyond the broad strokes. But and and, and look, sometimes you can introduce a stereotype, and then you can kind of take a, a deeper look into a character and deconstruct that stereotype. So someone might initially look like, okay, they're a stereotypical, say, you know, hick, I guess. And then given more time and you pay attention to the character a little more, you can see how what you initially perceived as the stereotype is deconstructed and you get a chance to realize that there's so much more to this character and that can really make for, you know, an effective uh, character, you know, uh, well, just effectively dealing with the, with the, particular character the problem is at least right now that's where we're at we're just at the stereotype i mean this guy's walking around his place in his underwear Uh, (laughs) i know that was horrible he's drinking like like whiskey uh jack or jack daniels uh smoothies in the morning (laughs) uh you know he's just going hunting you know nothing against any of that right but it's just like you you start throwing all this together and at least right now Either this is by design, right? They're either doing this by design in the effort to ultimately show that what we're seeing is just the stereotype that they want us to see, or they're throwing the stereotype stereotype out there. And if that's all that remains, if he doesn't ever, you know, improve beyond that stereotype and show a more three dimensional character, good or bad, whatever he ends up being as is a person, or Breaking Bad. <laughs> Or Breaking Bad, apparently, because you know he's he's making some uh, uh, crystal meth. Apparently, yeah. I mean, the uh, second he said, "Can you use some cold medicine?" I'm like, "Breaking Bad, Walter White." <laughs> hey, this is before Walter White, right? So, yeah, so nobody <laughs> would actually know, <laughs> right? But yeah, so if this guy turns out to be good or bad, regardless, if you know, if they don't add more to his character, then he'll just remain, you know, a stereotype. And nothing yeah. else. He's just like the stereotypical hick guy, but he happens to make drugs, you know. The fact and that he it. has enough brain cells to make meth is more than more credit than I could have given him. <laughs> this guy who walks around in his underwear making booze smoothies. <laughs> like, come on. Right. Uh, that's true. It's a little more than what I expected, but uh, it's still right now he's just... Just a, just a, you know, a typical hick white guy. trash, right. low life, and, right? And uh, yeah, so I just hope that you know we'll get more than what we're seeing. Hopefully, <laughs> not like we are with any other characters, but sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, he's dealing with he's dealing with this guy. He's living with them. I didn't get the sense that Riggins actually really enjoys his company. I think he's humoring the guy. He feels like he has to do what this guy wants him to do because he's at his mercy. You know, if this guy kicks him out, where's he going to go? Back home? He doesn't want to go back home right now. So Go back home. It's nice. Like, come on, get over yourself. 
Right. So, but, but right now he feels like, you know, he's got to humor this guy and go hunting and, and all this. So why, why it seems like he's embracing this, uh, carefree attitude, you get a sense. I got the sense that even before he discovered the drugs at the end and then ended up going, you know, which was his wake up call, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like, I don't want to, I don't want any part of this. I don't want to end up like this guy. Right, yeah. He's like, I don't want to be around any of this because even Reagan's is is kind of careless about life as he as he seems to be. Uh, he doesn't want to get you know involved in this. This is way way too serious, and you know, drugs are not the way Reagan's wants to go. Uh, he may be lazy, but but he's not you know he doesn't want to do criminal activity. Yeah, you know? he's not into breaking the law. At least not that way. Like that's way too heavy for Riggins. He's Light, lightly an, breaking. Lightly breaking the law was one thing. He's you know, an innocent of, rebel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, that's his wake up call. Uh, but like I said, I I never got the sense that he was enjoying himself. He's just like, yeah, I gotta I gotta act like I'm having a good time because he's enduring <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm at this guy's mercy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So. All right. So, what? Else, who else do you want to jump into? Is that what? What storyline are you itching to talk about? Uh, let's get Matt out of the way with his girlfriends. Oh boy, Maddie, Maddie, you, uh, boy, I don't know. Big episode for him because loses his virginity. Well, at least it seems that way at the end. Uh, I guess we'll really find out next week whether he actually lost his virginity. Although, at the end, we do see what appears to be, uh, you know, right before that happens. Yeah. Um, so, so Matt is dating this girl and, you know, cheerleader and, you know, it... Hmm. This, was, this whole thing was awkward with her. This... Like, was irritating to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the writers were just like, hey, yeah, you know, we screwed up by bringing her in. Here's a quick exit. We're just going to cut it quick and dirty. Sorry we did this. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, honestly, and this is just my opinion. First of all, I don't like Carlotta. I I don't, I don't, I don't like her character because she just feels like that hot Spanish nurse fantasy. Yeah, kind of we thing. know nothing about her. Like we, we have, don't. we have no we reason d- to care about her. We don't. We have no reason to care. Uh, we don't know any details about her life. She just happens to be living there, and and I think that is, you know, this proximity, the two of them. You know, she's living in the house, and so yeah, you know, and she's a, a pretty, you know, pretty girl, pretty woman. Really, and and what's up? What's up with the with the boys in this show? Like sleeping with women Older who women. are obviously over eighteen, and you know, like I said, uh, and you it's know. not even just the boys. Like, look at Julie. You know, the Swede was older. Noah's older. Like, the writers have a thing for putting younger kids with older guys or women. Right, and so yeah, so he's so here's Matt. He's living in this you know this house with this nurse who appears to have only been there now for for maybe a few weeks at this point and honestly i think what irritates me most is that 
I don't feel like either female character has been warranted the, the, the time given to them. I feel like one should have been cut out from the get-go. Or at least just given Matt one live, love interest and that's it. So if you're going to have Carlota there, fine. If you're going to have this girl uh, interested in dating Matt, fine. But but don't get Matt together with this girl for only a couple of episodes and then he breaks up with her. And then what, we're never going to see her again? You know, at what point, like what was that purpose? Yeah, like, that, you, you know. what were you guys trying to do? <laughs> like, We don't even get a sense of like why she was there. They just, I don't know, maybe they thought, hey, this... Yeah, we liked this actress, maybe she would work, and then she really didn't work, and so like, okay, we're gonna back out of this storyline real quick and just go with this other storyline we've started with the nurse. Like it just feels so like they they have no idea which direction they want to go in. Well, the in the chemistry between between Matt and the and the actress that, that plays Carlota, um it's just there is there is none. I, I no. don't get any chemistry there. Uh I don't feel like there's any any heat now the chemistry between you know uh between matt and julie i mean there's chemistry there you can tell you yeah know, and there's... like they're meant to be together they're bambi and thumper you know <laughs> they're <laughs> meant to be well it's just it's um it's just an irritating thing to see matt's character i don't care that he you know he broke up with julie and it was warranted Okay, yes. that is a, that was good. He, you know, he deserves to tell her what he, you know he thought and how much she had hurt him, and so I applauded that. And I also, you know, completely fine with him starting to date, you know, somebody else. And or if he just wants to kind of play the field and and not be serious, uh, and then uh, with anybody, again, that's fine. But right now, you don't know what he wants. And again, if that's kind of the point, then th that's not a bad thing either. But right now, we're getting these mixed messages. You know, he's interested in Carlota, but then he likes this girl. All obviously, we also have to realize that there is a rebound factor here, you know, as mm -hmm. well. You know, this girl that he started dating, the cheerleader, right, she was always going to be a rebound for him. Yeah, she had no real purpose other than to be... Hey, you're um, the middle person. <laughs> Sorry. But I would have liked them to them to explore the rebound aspect of this relationship. You know, maybe he gets to a point where he realizes that she she is a rebound for him. Uh not he didn't do it in a malicious way. He started dating her because you know, he liked her and of course, you know, he had just broken up with Julie, but I would much rather have seen that play out over another few episodes and had Carlota just be a clearly platonic, you know, uh, friend, you know, uh, someone who's living with them, but there's no spark there. There's no, uh, love interest, you know, but for her, uh, and Matt, there's no, uh, there's just nothing there. I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like her character. I don't like, it's okay. It's not that I dislike Carlota as a character. I just dislike the relationship because I just don't feel like it's working. Yeah. All. It doesn't feel like there's anything there. Like there's no attraction, no intensity, no relationship factor. It feels platonic when they're trying to make it unplatonic. 
And it feels like the writers are just trying to make, you know, every boy and girl character that comes into contact with each other has to sleep with each other or has to have something romantic. And it's just like, you don't always need that. You can have friends with, you know, both sexes, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to tell you the harsh truth, but you can do that. Yeah, and look, we see we see that in that show in this show. I mean, we know that there are people that that don't do that. I mean, look, uh, Street and and Tyra, uh, they they never slept together, and I never got the the sense that that she was interested in him in any way. But prior prior to the accident, um, I've always just seen those two as 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 friends, you know, and nothing more. And you know, the other other characters have similar you know, friendships, but it's the choice of having Matt, of course, he's going to fall in love with this, you know, sexy, you know, Spanish nurse that happens to be living in their home. And it's just because of the proximity of them living together and being around one another that's causing this to happen as opposed to there being any actual romantic spark between the two. It's like they're forcing them together just because they live in the same house and in the same residence yeah. you know, right now. And, and I'm like looking at these two and, and you can, tr- you can see they're trying really, really hard as actors to make this feel like a natural thing, but it's not, it doesn't feel that way. Not at all. Now, now will it change? Maybe. It's possible, you know, maybe in a few episodes we'll feel entirely different about the relationship. But as of right now, as of this episode, I'm not feeling it. So, yeah, and I don't think I could, like, I don't expect it to ever start feeling like their relationship. I feel like this is just going to be like another one of, another version of Matt's girlfriend. She's going to, they're going to break up. She's going to leave, not be her carried anymore. And then there's going to be a new carried and that they're going to bury that under a rug somewhere. Well, I, I'm not going to you know, tell you <laughs> obviously what's going to happen, but, but we'll see how this plays out. Um, you know, going forward, you know, maybe Carlota will, you know, take on a more three dimensional quality to her to her character. There'll be more depth there. We'll learn actually something about her past. That'd be great. You know, like I don't know where she's from. Uh, she's ever been she, married? Does she have siblings? It, like exactly. Uh, is your parents still alive? Um, are you on the run from you know <laughs> some nefarious uh, you know person in your life? I mean, who, who knows? We don't know anything about her. And so it's hard to get attached to her character and to root for Matt and her. I mean, beyond just the fact that I don't, I don't sense any actual chemistry between those two. Uh, beyond that, I, I need to know something about a character. I need there to be something that makes me want to attach my my hopes for their character. You know, moving forward, and there's nothing there. All I know is that she lives, you know, with Matt and Grandma Saracen. She helps out. She teaches Matt how to to dance. You know, that's I mean, it's a nice scene, but eh. but that's not that's not enough. That's not enough to make me go, oh wow, great. You know, boy, I really hope they get together. Or man, I really can't wait to find out what happens with her. You know, in the next episode. Yeah, it's just it's. I don't even feel anything when they like had their dancing or any of those moments. I feel nothing like 
it's not even to me it's just cringy because i know that that's not who he's going to end up with like it's it's obvious because he's supposed to be with julie and they're both hinting towards that's what's going to happen so i know she's not going to stick around for very long and like why just keep the story going guys <laughs> yeah um it okay so matt also he breaks up with his girlfriend no idea what her name is tells her i don't even remember i don't have a clue (laughs) she's the new jackie yeah I can't. I can't even remember her name. I'm just. I'm looking. Uh, sorry. Uh-huh. I'm looking for like her. Uh, her name uh, on IMDb here. Just <laughs> I can't remember. Um, I like that uh, on the IMDb list for this episode. There is listed Hot Girl what, number one, Hot Girl number two, Hot Girl number three. <laughs> How generic, guys! Can't even think of a name. <laughs> Well, I mean, the the point is ultimately, you know, he breaks up with her because he's like, oh, I want to I see other people, you know, and, you know, because Smash gives him this advice, which, of course, might work for Smash because, it, you know, he's got so much more charisma than, than Matt does. And Smash is the kind of guy who would find a way to not break up with a girl like he said, he 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 makes it so that they break up with him. He doesn't have to feel guilty about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that really works well. <laughs> but for Matt, it doesn't work because he he's not coming out unscathed. You yeah. know, she she really lets him have it. Which, to be honest with with you, uh, I totally understood her her point. You know, I felt kind of bad for her because at this point, it felt like. Not that Matt knew that this was going to be a short-term relationship from the outset, but at the same time, I felt bad for her because I never felt like like she never did anything malicious to Matt at all. She helped him find a car, obviously quite knowledgeable, you know, regarding cars. Um, but she despite, seems like a nice know, person. She's yeah. She, there's nothing, you know. She's maybe a little a little different, quirky, a little quirky, <laughs> right? But. Overall, she seems fine. If she had stuck around on the show and, and you know continued to date Matt and grown as a character, I probably would have liked her. Unless you know she showed herself to be you know manipulative or whatever. Crazy. But you know she seems nice, and you know so I kind of feel bad for her. You know she she let Matt have it, and uh, to be honest with you, I I you know I was kind of behind her, <laughs> honestly. You know, in this instance. So I half expected her to be you know, like have the really quirky side show when she'd be like, "Oh, that's a great idea. You know, we should bring another girl into this relationship and just turn it around and have Matt in double trouble or something." Well, that would have been interesting. I'll tell you, the look on Matt's face if she would have said that would have been priceless, <laughs> right? That would have been like that would have been like you know, a. a uh, Lovely little animation to play, you know, just like <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway, it's, jaw drops. <laughs> yeah, like what? You know, over and over again. But yeah. Anyway, so Matt is now free, 
goes home, says, hey, we broke up. And, uh, you know, she tries to she tries to do the good do the good thing here, do the right thing and, and resist Matt's charms. But she just can't help herself. And I think this is what bothers uh, me most. Matt is not a charming or like, you know, cares. He's charismatic in his own way, but not in a romantic way. He's awkward and he's not alluring. He's just his own brand of quirkiness and to, you know, try and resist that and portray yourself having to, you know, restrain yourself. I mean, just it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so mm, not a fan of that. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about Smash for for a minute. Or um, Smash. <laughs> so yeah, he goes to this this college. He goes to Torrit, right? His, Basically, his, a party college. And his mom, he she knows exactly what he's gonna do. <laughs> we know he goes there. He's like, I'm totally uh, ready to sign on the dotted line. Yep. And it's like. Boy, man, your standards are low because let me tell you something. You can go to every college you tour is going to give you – well, maybe not every college. But most of the colleges he was going to tour are all going to ha- be kind of the same thing. You know, yeah, gonna, exactly. Gonna, there's going to be a lot of you know pretty girls and, and all of that. But I – okay, I thought it was funny. To, you know, I thought it was funny when he was being, you know, chased out of there. I thought that was that was funny, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I thought maybe there could have been a better way to to kind of show, you know, him learning what he wasn't that he wasn't going to go to that college. You know, like the fact that he had to be what, chased by the nose tackle or whatever that guy's position was out <laughs> in his underwear. I mean, that's the reason why you're not going to this college. Okay, you know, but I mean, just the fact that of all the girls at that party, the fact that Smash just happens to hook up with a girl that uh, was with the guy who was basically an asshole to Smash, you know, in the weight room. You know, this guy's obviously got a bad attitude. He he's not a nice guy. And he was just insulting Smash in from the get-go just by you know, being a dick to him. And yeah, he didn't seem a, like the nicest person in the beginning. No, but it's like, okay, all those girls at, the, at that that party and what Smash just happens to, you know, it, it's a little contrived in the situation, you know, that he just happens to hook up with this girl who's the girlfriend of this, you know, gentleman. Uh, <laughs> so... I don't know. I mean, but it's funny. I mean, it's it's seeing Smash run for his life. <laughs> that was funny. That, that was funny. worth it. That that was funny. It was funny. Yeah, because see Smash running when he's not on the football field, but he's actually <laughs> running for his life. Yeah, in his that, boxers. In his boxers, and then the fact that that Matt had to pick him up, and he's like sitting, <laughs> freezing, freezing under a yeah. bridge. <laughs> yeah, and and Matt's like. Just ragging on on him just big time because rightfully so because Smash yeah. gives him such a hard time. Oh yeah, well yeah, Smash is being jerk before he went on his little trip, you know, and calling him during the trip to be like he's hanging with the girls and stuff like that, and you still have your virginity. <laughs> yeah, like so, real nice Smash. Yeah, look, it, Mama was right. 
she was afraid uh, for a particular reason, and it proved to be correct because all Smash wanted to do is go to a party school at this at this point. Yeah, it's all he cares about is partying and football and having a good time. Right. So, well, well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, case are on to that one. Yeah, that one's probably not going to be the one he goes to. <laughs> um, what about Tammy and Eric in this episode? This was, this was actually, uh, it was pretty nice to see them, you know, have a an argument, a fight, actually, where, I mean, there was some, there was some real vitriol, some real anger, you know, some, oh yeah, some. Uh, I guess dissatisfaction, you know, going on here, and I, I love I love how they did this throughout the entire episode, right? And and the great this is one of the great things when Friday Night Lights does this when they lay breadcrumbs, a trail of breadcrumbs, through a few episodes leading up to, you know, a, a bigger event. It it really helps sell that moment, and by that. We've been introduced to Glenn for a while now, and Eric has been back, you know, for I think what three or four episodes now. He's been back as head coach, so at this point he's encountered Glenn, I think what a couple of times now. Yeah, and he's obviously, you know, he's got a problem with Glenn. We know, and what happens here? Okay, so let's set the scene. Eric knocks on the door. Glenn and Tammy are both, you know, just chatting, have a good time. It's lunch. Eating lunch. Eating lunch. Eric comes in. Right from the get-go, he's not pleased with what he's seeing, right? He, Tammy's sitting there. She's joking around. She's obviously having a good time talking to Glenn. And Eric's little hackles get raised a bit. And so then what we see is Eric leveling, eventually, these allegations against Tammy, telling her that, you know, uh, she he doesn't like... Glenn, uh, what was the word he used? Um, yucking it up with with his wife at, at lunchtime, you know, behind closed doors, and what will people say? And you know, all this stuff, and then drops the big, the big one. He drops the big one. You well, need to does. pay. You need to pay more attention to your family. And boy, does that not have the result he wants. No, and I'm like surprised she didn't like you know, slip arsenic or some hemlock into his food in the morning. Like, oh, you've been sleeping on the lawn, buddy, not just the couch. Like, she, you, she had that baby by herself, and she's taking care of that family. Like, and not I mention, know where it's coming from, yes, but yeah. boy, I would have kicked you in the shins. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing is. What I don't, and see, this is something that I actually wish that Eric would, at some point, thank Glenn for being there. No for, kidding. You know, because Glenn did a lot. You know, when when he wasn't there, Glenn was was essentially picking up the slack. Even though at that point, like he barely even knew Tammy. You know, yeah. and he yeah, didn't he, was, like, he didn't know yeah. her at all, and he still right. went to the hospital to get her, and like, right, and he's and he's helped out in so many ways. He took over her job for her when he had no idea what he was doing. Fixed just, the ice machine. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, he winged it. You know, as as a counselor, 
and you know just being there for the students as much as he could and it appears like he did a pretty good job at the end of the day whenever she came back so yeah he deserves a lot more credit and uh but when eric you know laid down that whole you need to pay more attention to your family i mean the look on her face was just it was devastating i mean she was just like, like how like, how dare you like i don't know how i can try harder like if I try any harder, I'm going to kill you all. Like, I spend too much time with you guys. I need a break. Like, what is your problem? I, yeah. I definitely would, would have said more than she did. Well, we eventually get a resolution, you know, to all this, which is... Which I like a lot. Which I this is the nuanced, wonderful writing that yes. Friday Night Lights is you normally exhibits, and uh, where we find out, of course, the real reason behind all of this isn't the fact that that Eric actually has a a big problem with with him. Uh, he's not threatened, I think, in any way. He knows that, but the problem is, Glenn is filling in a role that Eric is used to filling, you know, for Tammy, which is, you know, he's like, you, I, I'm the one you should be yucking it up with. I'm the one that sh- I miss you. I miss us. I miss the relationship that we, we normally have. And it's obvious that since he got back, you know, he's back and that's great. And he's, you know, around like he always was prior to, to leaving for college, but they haven't been able to get back that groove yet. Yes, okay, they've had sex since he got back, you know, and since the baby was born, but they still haven't found their groove, their their uh, energy that they, their rhythm. they had. Their rhythm that they uh, have always had, and it bothers Eric. And you could see from her response, it bothers her too. She's obviously, uh, she obviously understands, but at the same time, you know, like she said, like, I, I need you know, to have a friend that I can just laugh and joke with for 20 minutes during lunch. You know, there's, there's no, there's no crime in that. And there's, there's nothing wrong. She's not doing anything wrong. Yeah, exactly. But it's just like, there's, it, you can't go back to normal because now you have a baby and you have a angsty teen. Things are different and you got to find your new rhythm to handle all the new balls that are in the air and be able to just, you know, find what works, what meshes and, you haven't found that groove yet, but it's fine because you will. And yeah, talking and communicating, which is what these two do best, and getting back into that is a great stepping stone. Yeah. Yeah, getting past this is the big thing. Um, I'm glad that we kind of touched off on these two because this leads me right into Tammy and Julie. <laughs> now, oh, I, want, I want to mention something because um, here's the thing. Tammy, the Tammy, Eric, and Glenn dynamic in the situation that Tammy finds herself in. It's funny that both Tammy and Julie are going through a very similar situation, and here's what I mean by that. Both Tammy and Julie are being judged by their relationship with somebody else. All right, so... Eric is judging, you know, the relationship that Tammy has with Glenn, 
right? He's saying, okay, this is inappropriate. I don't like this. This isn't, this isn't right. And Tammy is doing the same thing with Julie. Yes. Now on the outside, I mean, I understand as a mother, I get it, right? You got to be on the lookout. You got to be wary. I understand all of that. But at the same time, as we said in last week's episode, other than looking like he's just a, a teacher who is happy to pass on reading material to a student, to have conversations with them, uh, he doesn't appear to be doing anything either illegal or anything particularly bad. Now, uh, when it comes to the reading material, fine. Okay, if you, if you feel that you need to talk with the teacher about any reading materials that uh, he might be giving your, your child, fine. But as he said, look, I have the right to assign, you know, books for my students to read. And what I love was that, the book he assigned to her. Uh, I'm trying I to didn't remember. catch the title, but I'm trying to remember the book. It was a, it was one of the I think it was one of the classic books. Um, something that was probably I think it was a little controversial, but I cannot I cannot think of the name of the book. Okay, it's not too important. I just I didn't catch the name and I wondered if you knew. No, I, I can't remember what the book is, but it was yeah, it was one of those books that it's it's been read in I think in schools and before, but the thing is, he's not doing anything wrong. You know, it's it's perception though, and that's what's going on here. Julie's they're being judged by Tammy as being inappropriate without there being any real proof of it being inappropriate. And I mean, he, I mean, she just confronts him in the classroom door open. Oh, that was where other students where other students can hear. Obviously it's going to get around, get around the school. But the point being, I felt really bad for, for him. Yeah. And his reaction is justified. His he's yes. almost upset that this conversation is even happening because he hasn't done anything wrong and it's not who he is and he's just trying to help a student and he's being unfairly judged. Yeah. It's true. You know, like I said from last week and this week when it comes to his look, he may he may enjoy talking to her as a person as a teacher to a student in that he's talking to a student who is bright and, you know, vivacious and has a, a real intelligence to her, can carry on a conversation that, but those qualities in, in that him enjoying that aspect in Julie does not, that's not creepy. That's not inherently creepy to enjoy those aspects in a student. If I'm a teacher and I have a student in my class and I know that they're intelligent and they're very bright. Obviously, they they can carry out a, a conversation and have a discussion. Hey, great! Give me twenty four of those students. That's yeah, what if, I would want. You if know? Julie was a boy, there would be no problem. It would but she's be a girl. Exactly. It'd be their relationship is very much like Charlie and his teacher in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Perfect, wonderful example. And if she was like Charlie, if she was a boy, there would be absolutely no problem with it. But because she's the opposite sex, it's controversial. Precisely. And like I said, I understand as a parent, you've always got to you know, be looking out. And obviously with Tammy being in the school and working there, you know, she can you know, keep an eye. I'm sure she's always on the lookout just because you're a, you're a parent. 
you're going to do that. But at the same time, yes, she doesn't know really anything about Noah at this point. He's very new. But even from a distance, I feel like it's so hard to justify those actions because there really is no justification in my mind. I mean, she she came she came at him so accusatory. Like there was no like discussion. Like they didn't sit down and she didn't say, um, can we have a discussion? And came at it very rationally and just asked some very basic questions. And maybe said, I'm a little worried. Should I be worried? What's going on? Uh, but not done it in a way where he's already on the defensive from the word go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that whole thing could have been handled way better by Tammy. Just that I wanted to shut that door myself so badly. I'm like, no, you're smarter than this. I really had a problem with that, too. Like, Tammy's much smarter than that. She would know to close the door to have a private conversation. Right, right. But she was so gung-ho in the moment. I mean, she wasn't even thinking about that. She was just totally focused on Noah. That's what I think is is what happened yeah, here. Yeah, I agree. So... And um, Julie's yeah. reaction. <laughs> well, yeah, and yeah, Julie's reaction again. Now, you might some of the people might think it's over the top, but I also totally get it because, for one thing, as Tammy's sister so rightly pointed out, if you know if, her, if their father had done this to them when they were in school, how would they have felt? And as as Tammy said, mortified. She finally understood. I mean, this this is you don't do this. <laughs> you have to put yourself in her shoes. Right. Um I I totally understand, you know, Julie's reaction because she's reacting in a way that Noah probably felt like he couldn't react. You know, he's not gonna get upset, upset, but Julie can because for one, this is her mother, and two, the whole school knows. Yeah, so that's, that's a problem. And then and then the third thing is nothing inappropriate was going on. Nothing was happening. It was just this got into her head and she's like, Oh, this is so totally inappropriate. This is like, you know, why are you talking to my daughter? What is it about my daughter that, you know, makes you want to have, you know, lunch with her and whatever. But Julie's totally justified in being really angry at her mom because this is not something that should have happened. This should have been dealt with. If she had any questions or concerns, this could have been handled in a much different way. Yes. And the fact that this became public and, you know, rumors spread around that you know, people make up gossip, you know, say Julie is, hey, sleeping with her, you know, new teacher and that gets back to the faculty and he's being looked at under a microscope by the you know the principal and it puts his job in jeopardy i'm sure tammy didn't even think about that oh no you know this guy could lose his job yeah exactly. and, it, and, it, and ultimately if this ends up coming back to hurt him and he does lose his job how bad how bad would you feel knowing at the end of the day when this is all said and done that Nothing inappropriate had ever happened or was ever going to happen between my daughter and this this teacher. And because of what I said and the accusations that I made in the classroom and how this spread around the school and go back to the faculty, this guy, this guy now has no job. He is now he's now unemployed. And yeah, it's my it's my fault. 
Like, I didn't just take away my daughter's friend, but yeah, I took away his job. And I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I did that. And so I really hope that doesn't happen to him. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Julie's angry. Uh, Tammy's uh, sister, she, she, I love her also standing up to Tammy because Tammy says that line she's been saying the last few episodes, which is, you know, you don't have kids. So, you know, like every time, every time a sister wants to express an opinion, right? She, you know, she comes out with this line, which is, well, you don't have kids. So you just don't understand. And, and she gets angry. She stands up. She's like, you know, one of these days we're going to have a chat about, you know, you using that line all the, you know, every time I make a, an, a, an opinion, I make a point. And I, I totally understand her anger there. It's like, just because I don't have kids doesn't mean that my, my opinion is invalid. And that I don't understand on some level. Um, it reminds me of there's this comedian, he uh, he was doing some jokes, and then one of them was about mothers and and their kids or parents and their kids. And the mother got really upset in the audience, like, "Do you have kids? You don't understand if you don't have kids." Yada yada yada. And his response is like, "If I see an airplane stuck in a tree, I I know that the air the pilot screwed up. Like, I don't need to be a parent to know that you know when something's going on that." parents might be doing something wrong like i have an opinion and i have a right to say that opinion <laughs> like yeah you just have to understand that yes so yeah i think tammy at the end of the day comes to understand that she probably went overboard so a little bit just a little, just a tad <laughs> just, just a little um but She's you got to forgive her because I can't imagine the hormones are probably still running around in her. And her mind's probably still not clear yet. Possibly. Yes. So uh, let's talk about. Uh, how about Tyra and Landry and uh, the the rapist's brother? Oh, yeah, this guy. <laughs> so what a weird thing to do to want to talk to your brother's victims like. Did it feel weird that there were no police officers or something like this? With them, yeah. I was like, um, what if he just wants to see what she looks like and maybe he was in on it with his brother and just wants to finish the work? You guys don't know. Why isn't there an officer there? It just seems like something that I think an officer would or should be there for just as a mediator because it can get very emotional at the very least. Exactly. So I, I personally don't understand that, but... Okay, whatever. Anyway, so so they they find out, or Tyra finds out, because she's pulled out of class, that this guy's brother wants to meet the victims and and talk to them. Tyra doesn't understand what good it'll do. She doesn't want to. She it's uncomfortable for her, understandably so. Uh, she feels it's just a waste of time, and so Landry decides to go in her stead. He shows up to the restaurant, goes inside, sits down, and that's when he learns that, you know, this guy had a family. You know, he had a brother, he had a mother, a father, people that, that probably do care and miss him. And despite all of the awful, truly, truly awful things, the fact is this guy had a, had a family who does miss him despite, you know, the revelations. 
and he was good to that family, they had no idea any of this is going on or that he was a bad person in any way. And this is common uh, in, you know, attackers or psychopaths. Uh, they are very good at creating a home life and, you know, portraying, you know, being a good person and having that veil where underneath it's a complete monster. And I right. mean, like John Wayne Gacy, he had a family and kids, but you know, he was hiding bodies under floorboards. <laughs> like, yeah, it, they're really good at creating two worlds. Oh, yeah. Look at the Green River, the Green River Killer. The Green River Is Killer. That no. Uh, Where is the Green River Killer? don't remember uh might have heard of it he he killed i oh mean he he killed he killed um a lot of women a lot of uh prostitutes oh gary ridgeway yeah gary ridgeway he, he killed yeah for how many years like 20 or 30 years you know yes he Got was away the, with it for a long yeah, time he was i think he was a pastor or a deacon or something like that at his church i mean this guy this guy was he had this had a home life that was pretty great in terms of his cover. So, so yeah, I understand that. And I totally agree with what you're saying, you know, but the point of this scene, the whole point of this storyline is that it is, it is the impetus impetus to cause Landry who initially, you know, a couple episodes ago, it appeared like things were getting back to normal. You know, they burned the car, they were scot-free. Um, it just seemed like everything was okay. But then this guy shows up and he meets, he meets with him, you know, in Tyra's stead, finds out about this whole family thing. And all of a sudden, all that guilt and the weight of the death that he had taken, um, that he had taken someone's life. It came back maybe 10 times worse because now he's seeing, despite this guy's awful, things that he's done, it still doesn't um, wash away the taint of having killed somebody. And it just, it's too much for him. And Lila sits down and, and talks to him and has this, cause you can see he's distressed and she provides some information or some uh, support and some advice, which is you need to tell the truth. It's the only way you're going to feel better. It's the only way this is going to lift away from your soul is by being truthful and honest about whatever it is that you're hiding. I really, I really loved this from Lila because it was the first time I felt she was not only blending being a good person with being a good hearted Christian. We were seeing this, a new Lila, like this wasn't season one Lila whatsoever. This was definitely, you know, the person she wanted to be. And she was trying to be, and I felt like it was very honest and genuine coming from her. Yeah, this is much closer to the Lila Garrity that you're right, that she has been trying to to be. This isn't her trying to be a good person, as in like forcing herself to say all the right things as opposed to doing the right things. Um, and that's that's the difference. You know, people can act like they're, you know, good people without being a good person, um, just to have the appearance of of piety. Whereas with someone like Lila, it's taken her this long, I think, to get to a point where she's not trying to impress anybody with her newfound religious, you know, uh, viewpoints or uh, 
trying to fake it till you make it, I guess, is essentially because I've always thought this is this is a reactionary thing with Lila. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time where it doesn't feel that way. It feels like she actually is cares about Landry enough as a person to want to offer him some advice and be there for him. Yeah, she's no longer trying to be. She just is. I'm really happy she reached that point. Yes. So uh so he goes he goes into the police station. This is the end of the episode. Goes into the police station and says uh that he killed he killed the man and uh they all look at him like he's crazy, but they also realize they have a job to do. And they also yeah, know, like, they, they also know, know that's yeah. They know who he is. A, yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, it's <laughs> Hey, your dad's a police officer and you're his son. Um, They've probably seen him grow up as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be hard. Yeah. Uh, It makes me like, I I just want them to be like, that's okay, kid. We like you. Go, go ahead and go on your merry ways. Like, I don't want anything bad to happen to Landry. I can't wait to watch the next episode. I have to know what happens. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about the. Uh, the end of this episode for Riggins, which is kind of a big deal. We didn't touch on this when we were talking about him earlier. So he's been trying to get back on the football team for uh, the last few episodes, ever since he got back from Mexico. And uh, he hasn't had any, any luck. It doesn't seem like whatever he does doesn't seem to be enough to get him at least back enough or back into Eric's good graces enough to let him back on the field as part of this team. So he shows up in pads, in uniform. Eric's like, get off my field. Uh, I don't <laughs> want you here. You know, you have no, you have no place here. And he, he says that a couple of times. And, and Riggins does something that we all thought that he was closer to doing at the end of, of the first season because we saw all this change happening within Riggins and then he kind of reverted more back to his original, closer to his original uh, version of his character in like the pilot episode in season two. And we've seen maybe a little more growth as the season's gone along again. And we're now to the point where we're seeing another jump in terms of his character, another boost in terms of his character. So what do I mean by that? Well, he takes it upon himself. Eric doesn't tell him to do anything. He just, he walks up and he yells or he tells to everybody, Everybody, he says to everybody that he made a mistake. He apologizes to specific players. You know, he jokes a little bit, tries to make light of it because it is kind of a, a tense situation. But he sincerely apologizes for not having been a good teammate by by not being there when he was needed. Yeah, exactly. And it was genuine and from the heart. And it was really nice to see. Uh, Tim taking, you know, two steps forward and for once not taking any steps back. He was actually progressing as a person. Uh, yeah, he was. Did Did you like that, how it played out? I did. Like, I didn't, I felt it was genuine for Tim, but it did feel like the writers were just kind of like, I don't, it almost felt a little rushed because, you know, we know he's been trying to get back on the team, but it just felt like, hey, we need him back on the team now, this episode. So we're going to place the scene here. But the acting it felt very genuine. And I felt like that's a genuine thing from Tim, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it definitely was. I was impressed, you know, by it. I remember the first time I saw it, I thought, you know, he's finally taking some responsibility for his actions, for the things he's done. He may have made a mistake, he may have done wrong, but because he has to apologize to to the players, to his teammates, it shows that he... I, I don't know if rock bottom is the way I would describe Tim having fallen that far. I, I don't know that rock bottom is that... Because I think if he was really at rock bottom, he would be really far down. You know, he would have be dealing with a lot more than just say, finding a place to live or something. Um, I think he saw rock bottom and decided to avoid it. (laughs) Yes, I think you're right. I think he saw what his life could be if he let it continue to go the way that he was going. You're right. That's actually very, yeah, very astute. Because he he saw what his life could become if he continued to stay there. And I think it caused him to realize that he was – in big trouble if he didn't, you know, get back on the team and and start to legitimately, you know, take some steps towards maybe, I don't know, graduating for one would be great, you know. Actually study and practice. Like do both, not just have the cheer girls do your homework for you. Yeah. So um oh I went also to say the the book that Julie had was The World According to Garp. So Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even heard of that one. Oh yeah, uh, it's good. It was you not should, in my high school should, whatsoever. Well, well, you should check it out. It's a pretty good book. So. Of course you've read it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just put it on your list. Oh well. <laughs> you've read everything. No, actually, I haven't. I swear, there are books I haven't read yet. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> some classics that I still need to get to. Um. Anyway, yeah. So. How would you – I'm trying to think. Is there any other – actually, before we get to is there any other characters that we haven't talked about, any other storylines? I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we haven't touched on. I'm looking at my notes here. I don't see anything. What about you? Mm-mm. Um, oh, I did write that, hey, once again, we don't see the crazy soccer coach anymore. <laughs> that lady who, like, oh, screamed at yeah. Eric. Right, right. She's like, I'll be here every single week or something like that until yeah, like, I get what I need. Still not seeing you. Yeah, well, um, either you're coming up every day and Eric's just conveniently not there or they just didn't want to show her coming back. They didn't want to pay to show her in the episode. Yeah. Um, all right, so I think that's it for for our, I guess, review for this episode. Uh, we probably should grade it and and have any final thoughts so what was your grade for this episode uh it's a it's a b for me it it's a big step from last week's episode like it's definitely not any, anywhere near one of the great episodes we've ever seen but i do absolutely love you know the tammy and eric stuff uh lila i mean that moment was great and landry going to tell you know those cops what he did, I, it felt like the old Friday Night Lights, season one Friday Night Lights, very genuine and meaningful, and I really liked those. Uh, it, it overshadows everything else. So, yeah, B for me, solid B. That's actually my, my grade for this, too. Perfect. Uh, last, last week, it was a B-. minus. I said that this week was a little better, and so I'm going <laughs> to give it a solid B, just because... 
that's all. There's too there's too many problems in this episode. It it definitely isn't one of the finest episodes that this show has had. Uh, and considering the quality of season one, and we've hit some pretty pretty high moments in this season as well. I think the season has been a little rocky from time to time. Uh, these last two episodes specifically have been bit of a roller coaster in terms of quality uh in terms of the writing and that some of the decisions that they've made for the characters but while last week's episode certainly is i think the worst episode so far on the show this one here isn't that much better i i didn't i didn't like the the carlota stuff just isn't working for me at all i think matt breaking up with his girlfriend which is is fine but at the same time, it just it makes the character feel pointless because we're not continuing that storyline to try to f- like what was the purpose of bringing them together? What does that extract from from him as a character to show to us? And right now, I don't see anything that there's no point to that relationship other than if you just say it's a, it's a rebound kind of relationship. Fine, but I'm not getting anything out of that. So that to me was a real problem. The the Smash storyline I I is kind of cliche because we you know athletes when they go to college visits like this when they're in football or basketball uh, probably some other sports look yeah they get some special treatment they you know the girls and all that stuff but it I just didn't feel like that was necessarily the the best way to go about this this storyline to try to show Smash. Uh, realizing that this isn't the college for him. Although I will, like I said, I will admit it is funny watching him run and <laughs> leap up over a fence. Uh, yeah, there's some other stuff in here, but we've already talked about it. The point is a solid B. It's it's a decent episode. It's it's not a very great episode. There's some problems here, but you know, th- there's like shining, wonderful. Some of the you know the high quality that we expect it's like a peppered throughout this episode, but in between all those really stellar moments that that we saw all throughout season one in every episode, it's just some questionable decision making by the writers, uh, some dialogue that just is not working. It unpolished. Yeah, it's an unpolished episode, unpolished script. They they could have revised it a couple times to make it better. Yeah. Yeah, it's acceptable, but it's not, you know, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh I think that's it for for this week. Um Yeah, hopefully next week's episode will return to the high water mark or closer to the high high water mark that this show is uh, known for hitting more more often than not. Uh usually we get like B plus, A minus, A grades for these episodes, but the last two weeks have shown us that even a great show like this can hit a rut from time to time where the wheels are kind of spinning and you can clearly see that the problems that this show has in that moment and it things that just are not working. So yeah, hopefully next week we'll turn us back to where we're used to with this show. And uh, yeah, I know you're excited because you're like, I got to get off this podcast and go watch the next episode. I have to know what happens with Landry. Right. I love Landry. Right. You got to make sure he's okay. Right. Uh, all right, everyone. 
Uh, I think that's it for us, so uh, we'll end it as we always do. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't, Can't lose. lose. All right, everyone. Have a good night. Night.